chapter eight of the subjection of isabel carnaby this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the subjection of isabel carnaby by ellen thornycroft fowler chapter eight vernacre park lord wrexham invited a small party of his special friends to spend whitsuntide with him at vernacre park his country seat which party included lord kesterton mr reginald greenstreet captain gaythorne and his mother the rev gabriel carr and the paul seatons and their guest miss vipart it was the saturday afternoon and they were having tea in the stately drawing-room a room for all its magnificence as empty of abiding feminine occupation as was the drawing-room at st ethel's vicarage mrs seaton would have preferred to have tea out of doors but she was too wise a woman to suggest it having learnt that it is not in human nature patiently to endure alien interference in domestic arrangements it may be very heroic to go forth combating error and redressing wrong in true knight-errantly fashion but it is far wiser to leave the error uncombated and the wrong unredressed if they happen to occur in other people's houses i am going down to the home farm after tea to inspect some model cottages that have been erected during my absence said the host would anybody care to come with me i should be immensely interested if you'll take me answered isabel quickly before anybody else had time to speak she knew that he wanted her to go and she wanted to indulge him it was only since her marriage that she had learnt to look at things from a man's point of view as well as from a woman's and had consequently realised how badly she had treated lord wrexham in the old days when she was isabel carnaby and now woman-like she tried to make up to him in the things that did not matter for having failed him in things that did because she had once denied him bread she now fairly pelted him with precious stones to tell the truth there was nothing that bored her more than farm buildings and model cottages but she was willing nay ready to endure any amount of boredom if she could thereby relieve wrexham's loneliness and her own conscience about the latter part of which attempt there was not it must be admitted much difficulty people to whom the world is ready to forgive much rarely find it hard to forgive themselves still more lord wrexham's face lighted up with pleasure i shall be delighted to take you mrs seaton i want to come too said fabia isabel looked annoyed she was fully aware of the fact that the lovely fabia had designs upon the prime minister himself and she resented it exceedingly we none of us really like the people who want to marry our former lovers just as we never really like the people who live in the houses that were once our homes isabel was beginning to feel much as frankenstein felt when his monster grew restive but charlie gaythorne unconsciously came to her rescue oh i say miss vipart that's a bit too bad you promised to come for a stroll with me after tea don't you know so i did i quite forgot it 
charlie reddened it is not pleasant to be forgotten by the woman you love and it is still less so to be informed of the fact before a room full of your dearest friends but this was fabia's mode of punishing him for presuming to remember what it had suited her to forget perhaps miss vipart will let me show her my cottages to-morrow instead said the host with his usual kindly tact fabia seeing that the bird in the hand had escaped from out of her grasp accepted the substitute from the bush with the best grace she could muster thank you lord wrexham it would afford me the greatest pleasure to inspect your model farm and at the same time i may be able to borrow from it some ideas which may be adopted on my return home to the improvement of my indian estates lord wrexham beamed there are few men who do not derive gratification from being requested to instruct a beautiful woman and still fewer who can resist the subtle flattery of being consulted upon the one matter which they do not understand in politics wherein he really was proficient lord wrexham frequently doubted his own wisdom but with regard to farming wherein he was an amateur of the first water he spoke with authority and without hesitation i shall only be too pleased to give you any advice or assistance in my power he said but here mrs gaythorne inserted her usual word in season she rarely heard of the formation of any plan however simple without making some attempt to improve it and this not from any unkindness of heart but simply from an insatiable passion for reform in the abstract i cannot think that the sabbath day is a suitable occasion for perambulating farmyards and inspecting livestock but why not dear lady why not asked greenstreet to my mind there is no more suitable amusement for a sunday afternoon no occupation more in keeping with the reposeful atmosphere of the day than to scratch the back of a pig with the end of one's walking-stick i always embrace such an opportunity whenever it offers itself it is so soothing to the nerves that it almost sends one to sleep on the spot there is something better to be done on the sabbath than to be sent to sleep mr greenstreet replied mrs gaythorne with some sternness indeed then why listen to sermons charlie moved restlessly in his chair he wished greenstreet wouldn't rouse his mother just when she was taking her tea so nicely and quietly and all was peace gabriel gallantly stepped into the breach surely mrs gaythorne the contemplation of god's creatures can never be a desecration of god's day and besides we are specially told that if an ox or an ass fall into a pit on the sabbath day we can pull it out which surely means that nothing done to alleviate the suffering of the creature can ever be displeasing to the creator mr greenstreet was not proposing to pull an ox or an ass out of a pit he was proposing to scratch a pig mrs gaythorne was nothing if not literal and in so doing i should be relieving the suffering of another without any inconvenience to myself added greenstreet the very essence of modern christianity again charlie moved restlessly it was all very well to be brave he thought but to wave scarlet bunting in the faces of dangerous cattle is foolhardiness rather than courage 
besides continued mrs gaythorne as usual plodding steadily along a side issue oxen and asses are treated with great respect all through the scriptures they were both very useful and important animals in the holy land but no jew would ever touch bacon or pork she had a happy knack of frequently getting the best of an argument by saying something which had nothing whatever to do with the subject under discussion and yet sounded as if it had and thereby confounding her opponents isabel was thoroughly enjoying herself she wished that paul were here to share her unfailing delight in mrs gaythorne's conversation but he had gone for a long walk with his chief and had not yet returned greenstreet was slightly staggered for a second by the pork and bacon thrust but he quickly recovered himself i am always thankful i am not a jew for that very reason he retorted what would life be without the taste of bacon and what would your morning tub be without the smell of bacon calling you to breakfast you are quite right remarked isabel bacon is one of the things that do not taste at the time half so nice as they smell beforehand success is another and so is fame and marriage likewise no no mr greenstreet marriage turns out to be even nicer than it promises to be ah i see more like cauliflowers than bacon i think mrs seaton you will admit that other people's cauliflowers repel rather than attract when the air is filled with the promise of them and as far as i am concerned other people's marriages have the same effect you are condemning yourself out of your own metaphor retorted isabel you compare marriage to a cauliflower and you admit that cauliflower tastes much better than it smells i admit that it couldn't taste much worse then in the same way you'll find that marriage will turn out much nicer than you expect i shall not for i shall never make the experiment here mrs gaythorne again pranced into the conversation i am sorry to hear that you are troubled with the odour of cooking in your house isabella but i am not surprised most london houses are the same it is all owing to that ridiculous custom of building them in the shape of a well with the kitchen at the bottom like truth murmured mr greenstreet i beg your pardon mr greenstreet i did not catch your remark my hearing is not what it once was i regret to say no need for regret madame on that score when i am speaking it is rather a subject for self-congratulation on your part well as i was saying if you build your house like a well with the kitchen at the bottom how can you keep the odour of cabbage water out of the drawing-room quite easily replied isabel i always succeed in doing so and if one can do a thing oneself it is safe though humiliating to conclude that nine-tenths of one's acquaintance can do it equally well mrs gaythorne looked sternly reproachful isabella how can you say there is no odour of cabbage-water in your drawing-room when you have just been complaining to mr greenstreet that you cannot keep it out neither it nor bacon dear 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 the young people of to-day are not as truthful as we were when we were young my dear father never allowed one of us to be guilty of the slightest inaccuracy in our conversation i remember he once punished my sister maria severely for saying that henry the eighth had a dozen or more wives when she knew for a fact that he had only six 
but dear lady she was right absolutely right from an artistic point of view exclaimed greenstreet your sister maria pardon me for speaking in such familiar terms of the lady but i know her by no other name was a born artist she was not mr greenstreet i was the artist of the family and copied flowers from nature in water-colours upon hand-screens for bazaars maria played the piano and frequently performed at village concerts with encores but she was an artist all the same from a conversational point of view every good talker must be more or less of an impressionist for instance if you say henry the eighth had dozens of wives you give the correct impression that he was a much married man well if you say henry the eighth had barely six wives you give the impression that he erred on the side of celibacy persisted greenstreet i do not approve of celibacy remarked mrs gaythorne especially in the clergy once again greenstreet staggered under the unexpected thrust and once again he recovered himself by clinging manfully to henry the eighth and maria therefore you see mrs gaythorne your sister conveyed the correct impression by using the incorrect words she expressed the idea that king henry married frequently which was the idea she intended to express i am sure that mrs seaton catches my point he added turning for support to isabel perfectly she replied on the same principle that a touched-up photograph is really a much better likeness than an unmodified negative which cannot lie mrs gaythorne as usual ignored the high road of the conversation and stalked fearlessly along a byway but it ceased to be anything so frivolous as a byway the moment that the good lady set foot upon it had she crossed by path meadow itself it would immediately have been converted into a solid high road i do not at all disapprove of second marriages myself she said not at all she spoke indulgently as if she expected everybody present to run out and contract a second marriage at once now that she had sanctioned the innocent pastime and where there are children she added i consider it sometimes a necessity there were children in the case of henry the eighth if i remember rightly said isabel with meekness in her manner and mischief in her eye so the poor man could plead extenuating circumstances there were isabella bloody mary was one of them think of having bloody mary for a stepdaughter i should very much have disliked it i am sure you would said lord wrexham but she would have acted differently continued mrs gaythorne if i had had the early training of her you mean said greenstreet that in that case the fires of smithfield would have turned seven times hotter than they did i admit the theory is not untenable i mean that in that case there would have been no smithfield replied mrs gaythorne majestically i should have put my foot down upon it at once here isabel and gabriel laughed outright and lord wrexham stroked his moustache to hide a smile but charlie could not for the life of him see what there was to laugh at he knew that he dared not have burnt a single protestant if his mother had as she called it put her foot down a favourite form of exercise with her and he very much doubted if anybody else queen mary included dared have done so either but other people did not know the weight of his mother's foot he did and all this time fabia sat silent not joining in the conversation at all she was one of the women who cannot talk except in a tete-a-tete 
by no means an uncommon type general conversation invariably sealed her lips but she looked so beautiful that silence in her was pardonable if not commendable every woman ought either to talk well or to look well though she cannot reasonably be expected to do both but if she does neither she has no place in the scheme of social creation and is only fit for domestic uses in isabel seaton the social instinct was very strong conversation was to her a game whereof it behooved every one to know the rules had she lived a century or two earlier she could have held a salon with the best as it was she was an ideal wife for a diplomatist or a politician to ignore your partner's lead in conversation was in her eyes as bad as to ignore it in whist to say the wrong thing as heinous as to play the wrong card to sit silent as unpardonable as to revoke in conversation she was a veritable sarah battle insisting upon the rigour of the game so now according to her instinct she endeavoured to restore to animation the conversation which mrs gaythorne had nearly trampled to death i am so interested she said in what you say about all good talkers being impressionists mr greenstreet i know exactly what you mean and fully agree with you but unfortunately it never occurred to me to put it as neatly as you have done lord wrexham looked at her in admiration how ready she always was to put people at their ease and how successfully she oiled the wheels of life wherever she happened to find herself seaton was indeed a lucky fellow it was a pity that a man with such a career before him as the possession of so brilliant a wife insured should throw it away for the sake of those political will-o'-the-wisps which have lured men and their party to destruction ever since politics was first invented so mused the prime minister he made it a point of honour never to breathe a word to anybody against isabel's husband he made it a matter of principle not to feel bitter against nor envious of this man who had taken from him the one thing that he had really cared for in life but he found it a great comfort to say now and then to his own soul that paul seaton was no statesman greenstreet's thin face lighted up with pleasure the approval of mrs paul seaton was a compliment which few men ignored i think i am right he replied i am sure you are put in gabriel carr and that is why very accurate people are always so tiresome my late rector was that sort one of the best men that ever breathed but so accurate and so anxious to make other people accurate that i verily believe he would have liked to correct st john himself for saying that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written at this point mrs gaythorne was heard to murmur something about belief in the verbal inspiration of the scriptures being absolutely necessary to salvation but fortunately she was so much engaged with a large tea-cake judiciously administered by charlie that no one heard exactly what she said and she was unable not from any lack of moral courage but for purely physical reasons more openly to testify to her acceptance of this saving truth until the occasion had passed by my horror said isabel is a person who relates an incident exactly as it happened because then it isn't worth relating at all 
carr fully agreed with her i have an uncle of that kind who always uses inverted commas instead of the oblique narration and you know how wearing to the flesh that is instead of saying my wife's sister told me she had a cold he would say my wife's sister said to me john yes jane i answered john said my wife's sister i have a cold by this time the tea-cake had gone the way of all tea-cakes and mrs gaythorne once more enjoyed freedom of utterance and did he marry her she asked cheerfully even the redoubtable gabriel was nonplussed marry her marry whom he inquired why his deceased wife's sister of course who else were you talking about i never mentioned anybody's deceased wife's sister mrs gaythorne the vicar knew better than to introduce so debatable a lady into any conversation of his own free will he was a lover of peace but mrs gaythorne was not easily brushed aside when she had turned a byway into a war-path and started upon it yes gabriel carr you did you said she had a cold and that your uncle himself told you so and what i want to know is whether he eventually married her not that i should blame him if he did far from it for my part i approve of marriage with a deceased wife's sister who i should like to know is so fit a guardian of the children as their aunt i always told mr gaythorne that if anything happened to me i should wish positively wish him to marry my sister maria i should have had such perfect confidence in her training of charles maria always knew when to put her foot down and did the late mr gaythorne share your opinions upon this vexed question asked carr with a smile no he did not approve of marriage with the deceased wife's sister at all i can believe it murmured greenstreet men are so prejudiced and i cannot think why he of all men should have objected to it continued mr gaythorne's widow reflectively because maria was the very image of me it would have been almost like having me back again it was strange assented carr with a glance at isabel's preternaturally solemn face very strange indeed but where i do blame your uncle continued mrs gaythorne once again turning and rending the unoffending gabriel is for talking about his deceased wife's sister's cold and making such a fuss about it and you can tell him so from me if you like it was enough to make the poor woman nervous and lead her to imagine herself worse than she really was there is no greater mistake than to talk about one's ailments except to talk about other people's isabel added yes isabel you are right it certainly makes other people nervous but i never knew anything like young people of the present day for talking about their diseases for my part i think it positively improper you consider there is indelicacy in the discussion of delicacy do you mrs gaythorne suggested greenstreet i do mr greenstreet in my young days people were not always turning themselves inside out for their friends inspection it isn't only the young who are guilty of this folly argued isabel i never meet an old gentleman nowadays who does not so to speak wear his liver upon his sleeve for daws to peck at modern complaints always end in itis continued mrs gaythorne i disapprove of diseases that end in itis still you must admit they might end in something worse said carr mrs gaythorne majestically ignored such ill-timed levity when i was young the complaints that people suffered from did not end in itis they ended in ache and nobody talked about them 
by this time she had slain the conversation even beyond isabel's revivifying powers so tea being finished lord wrexham suggested a move into the garden the company went their various ways and fabia soon found herself alone with captain gaythorne in a secluded part of the wood strange to say his presence did not irritate her just then she had seen the expression upon lord wrexham's face when he looked at isabel and she knew from that instant that her own hopes of ever annexing the prime minister were vain therefore she was suffering from the combined pangs of envy and disappointment also she had felt herself left out in the cold ever since she came to vernacre a feeling to which she was accustomed but which hurt her more cruelly every time she experienced it and that added to her chagrin and misery so when captain gaythorne followed her across the lawn and into the wood she felt for the first time a sense of rest and security in the society of this big silent devoted man it was a comfort to find anybody who really adored her in this easy pleasant cruel english society love was the thing which her soul most passionately craved love given and received and she had never had her share of it true ram chandra mukharji had offered it to her in extravagant excess but she did not care for the adoration of such as he she was enough of an englishwoman to despise her mother's people and enough of an oriental for the english to despise her and love which she did not fully reciprocate could never satisfy her poor fabia life was too hard for her just then as indeed it had always been ever since she could remember mukharji wrote constantly to her and she enjoyed and appreciated his letters she knew that intellectually he was immeasurably charlie gaythorne's superior yet at the present moment the admiration of the brainless young british soldier was far more acceptable to fabia's wounded spirit than ram chandar's lifelong devotion she waited for charlie to speak with considerably more kindness and patience than she usually accorded to his conversational efforts and made up her mind to be what women call nice to him whatever he might choose to say for a time the two walked on without speaking they were both naturally silent people the woman because she thought too much and the man because he thought too little so there was nothing unusual in this and fabia calmly awaited charlie's utterance with the pleasing certainty that it would be more soothing to her vanity than stimulating to her mind though he was never clever he was invariably complimentary at last he broke the silence i can't stand that ass greenstreet he said fabia was surprised it was not at all what she had expected him to say and she saw no reason for such violent hostility either as mr greenstreet had never paid her the slightest attention but she knew from the sound of charlie's voice that he was very angry indeed why not she asked he was making fun of my mother all through tea the confounded bounder didn't you hear him fabia felt as if a douche of cold water had suddenly been flung in her face so it was his mother's battle that he was fighting and not hers it was the old story over again 
they really cared for nothing in the world but themselves and their order these well-born english people even the simple and adoring charlie was an aristocrat at heart perhaps he was she answered coldly of course he was confound his impudence and i won't stand it if he tries it on again i'll kick him into the horse-pond wrexham or no wrexham i'm not going to allow anybody's guests to insult my mother and i'll let wrexham know it pretty sharp fabia hardly recognised the usually placid and amiable charlie in this infuriated young giant and it isn't as if there was anything to make fun of in my mother either he went on some fellows mothers are a rummy sort i admit but mine isn't of course some women do things that you can't help smiling at though it's shocking bad form to let their people see you're laughing at them all the same but my mother isn't that sort she doesn't do or say things that make a fellow even want to laugh at her don't you know i quite agree with you that it would be impossible to caricature mrs gaythorne of course it would said charlie mollified at once by what he took to be fabia's assent to his statement that's just my point now some old ladies are downright funny there's no denying that though that's no excuse for a man behaving like a thorough-paced cad i think remarked fabia slowly that there is only one thing more aggravating than a man when he behaves like a thorough-paced cad and that is when he behaves like an english gentleman but fortunately charlie was too full of his own grievance even to hear much less to understand this enigmatical dictum for instance he went on i dare say if we knew her we should find seaton's mother rather a queer sort his people are nobody particular so i shouldn't be surprised if the old lady was a bit ignorant and old-fashioned and narrow and all that sort of thing don't you know and no blame to her either you can't expect anybody who isn't anybody to know anything can you but my mother is quite a different thing who was mrs gaythorne before she was married asked fabia in all innocence charlie opened his eyes wide in as unbounded amazement as if she had asked who queen anne was before she was married here was crass ignorance indeed then he remembered how fabia had once said that she did not know that his mother was saved which was even worse this was bad enough but not so bad as that not to know whence mrs gaythorne came showed an indifference to history which was highly culpable but not to know whither mrs gaythorne was going proved an ignorance of theology which was positively appalling charlie was too polite to testify openly to his astonishment at such a question so he merely replied she was one of the latimers of lusk and who are the latimers of lusk this was worse than ever but captain gaythorne pitied rather than blamed such astounding mental darkness just as he would have pitied rather than blamed her had fabia confessed that she did not know how to read or write they are the the well the latimers don't you know the latimers of lusk the latimers of leatherby are the younger branch of the family i see the latimers of lusk are the latimers of lusk and the latimers of leatherby are the latimers of leatherby of course and to think of a little middle-class beggar like greenstreet daring to make fun of one of the latimers of lusk i never heard such confounded cheek 
mr greenstreet undoubtedly belongs to the middle class remarked fabia he has brains oh i don't deny the brute's clever in his way but i'm glad you agree with me that anybody can see at a glance he is not one of us replied charlie in all good faith certainly he has a sense of humour that he has and it carries him a bit too far at times a precious sight too far when he begins to make fun of my mother and charlie returned to his grievance like a giant refreshed fabia moved her shoulders impatiently she had not come into the woods in order to talk about charlie gaythorne's mother but apparently he had and as is usual the slower mind had its own way at the expense of the quicker one miss vipart felt irritated and justly so it is always trying to a woman's temper if a man talks about his own relations when she wants him to talk about his relations with her now if charlie had been wise enough to propose to fabia on that particular afternoon she would have accepted him then and there and so would have saved certain further complications but charlie talked about his mother instead of proposing and expatiated upon that good lady's attributes until the time and the audience were alike exhausted thereby paving the way for another to step in and to win the affection which he longed for if he gives twice who gives quickly surely he who asks tardily often receives but half there are many esaus who only obtain the second blessing because they come and beg for it too late End of chapter eight